Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We're back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where you learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. And we've got a killer guest. In fact, we are three Nebraska natives. Uh, we were talking about how to build a, uh, a new brokerage from scratch, uh, essentially in a brand new market. We're also going to talk about how to build a sellable team, which our guest has done. And so let's bring him in in a second. We've got Wes Madden here with us, which I know a lot of uh, our listeners and viewers will know by name and reputation, if not uh, already be familiar with all of his accomplishments. So we'll dive into that in a second. First of all, the man, the myth, the legend, the ever-shrinking man, Jeff Cohn. What's up today? Hey, what's up, guys? Super jacked today. I've heard Wes's name. I told Wes to try to build his ego up. Um, a little bit more. I'm sure you already have a big, big enough ego, Wes, as do I. Uh, but I told him I've heard about him like a million times. Everyone always is talking about Wes Madden. Um, dude, the guy is a BA, uh, super pumped to be able to talk to, uh, to him. He, he flew helicopters for the Army. What did you say? Black Hawk helicopters was stationed in Alaska. I guess probably retired from the Army and decided to start a real estate team there. Evidently, people buy and sell houses up there. He built a very successful team um, in the Alaska area, and he'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, super excited. We're just coming off of one of our workshops. We had nine people representing five states and Toronto, Canada on Monday. Uh, the workshops have been going really, really well. So if somebody's thinking about coming to a workshop, I don't usually talk about them right out of the gate, but I'm doing it this time. And October 22nd is our next one. We would love to have you come, Wes, if you're interested in that. Um, and then we have one on November 12th. Typical cost for the workshop, $29.97. If you're already an ERS team leader in the live stream product, it's only $9.97 to come to the workshop. And uh, depending on how many people we get signed up, we try to keep the group under 10. If you can wait until a week or two before, sometimes we'll offer discounts if you listen to the podcast. Uh, but right now, there's no discount. October 22nd is filling up. We're taking September off because we're doing some virtual workshops. Um, so you have two months to plan this. Come October 22nd, it's going to be a good time. It's not that cold in Nebraska in October. November no, starts getting chilly, and then December, January are pretty horrible. You want to stay away. Well, and speaking of Nebraska natives, so I got to give a quick shout out to Kelly Cook, who is another Nebraska native and ex-Husker who moved out and built a successful team in Arizona. I believe he's actually coming back to the workshop in October. Uh, yep, which is awesome. Here. So, uh, yeah. So if anybody is out there and hearing the sound of my voice and you're a fellow Husker fan or former player <laughs> like Kelly and you built a successful team, come on out to the workshop in October. That'd be cool. Um, hey, if there's a all, game, if there's a game the Friday before a home game, we should look at the calendar. We could have people yeah, well, come that, in early and hit the Husker game Saturday yep. and then do the workshop Monday. That's that'd be fun. That's, that's why Kelly's coming in town. So it's the Minnesota game. All right. So God. before we talk, uh, talk a, a half hour on Husker football, uh, <laughs> let's bring in West Madden. West, how's it going, man? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. And, and Jeff, uh, I'm in, man. If we can wrap in a, uh, a home game on, okay. uh, during one of those workshops, I'm there. Let's do it. That'd be That'd awesome. Be awesome. What's, uh, done. October 22nd. <laughs> it sounds like there's a Minnesota game. We'll go down with Kelly and it'll be a thing. We're just going to talk about right. football. No yeah, real estate exactly. today. <laughs> you guys, just the well, only thing I'll say is when we were in high school, Wes and I, I think graduated in 2000, same time. Matt, you too, right? Or were you a year after 2001? Uh, not well. Yeah, I was more like I didn't go to college, so I was out. I was out and working well, in 1998. When did you yeah. graduate high school? 98. Okay, so Wes and I were 2000. 
we we grew up and it shouldn't have been this way and you don't know this as a kid but like i watched us win four national championships um i i was around all of the coolest baddest real you know football players in the country i played football on the same team as eric crouch um, we had talked about Mike McLaughlin before this. I played with him as well. And I just thought that was normal. Like, that was what the rest of my life was going to be like. And then it went away. And it's still <laughs> away. And it's pretty it's pretty hard. And a lot of people have been through that, right? I mean, the teams come and go. Um, so we're hoping with this new coach, everyone's talking Scott Frost is going to bring it back. Super excited to see what happens. The, fan, the, fan, base, the fan base is still there, though. Oh, right. we're there. We're, we're going to be there. We're doing it. All right. That's all we need to say on it. Let's dive in. Exactly. Let's learn right. from Wes. So, Everyone's like, oh, Husker football. People are still know, talking about this. Oh, I know. All right. So, Wes, uh, for those that don't, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that, uh, like, that, just like Jeff in the listening audience, that have kind of already heard your name and may, may already be familiar with what you've done. But uh, we'll talk about kind of how you built and sold the team that's in Alaska. But kind of take us, what, what was the what was the structure and, and what is the structure of that team? And then we'll talk a little bit about how it was saleable before we get into what you're doing now. Yep. Well, yeah, as Jeff alluded to, you know, the Army took me to Alaska. You normally don't just... Uh, you know, move to Alaska and, and open up a, a real estate brokerage. But that was kind of our fallback. I got out of the Army. I was blessed to be able to, um, you know, fly Blackhawks, you know, in a medevac uh, mission uh, up there. We were able to do search and rescue all over the state of Alaska and got to got to serve in Afghanistan and came back, got out and said, well, now what? So like a lot of people, you fall into real estate, got my real estate license and, and um Quickly found out that there was a there was a big need for great service in the in the Fairbanks community. So um, started off with a team because it seemed like that made sense. It made sense in my mind because coming from a structured military background, um, having specialized um, positions within the within the company and and, and really kind of uh, building your your company with uh, leverage growth, uh, it just kind of made sense to me. A lot of people would say like, oh, "I bet you're a control freak," and I'd say, "No, not really." I mean, as a even as a helicopter pilot, I got, you know, in a, in a Blackhawk, I got three other crew members that I have to rely on um, their skills and expertise to fly that 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 airplane. And, and um, you know, there's a there's a hierarchy of command. Every person within the within the military who served knows that everybody's got, a um, you know, a specific lane, some tasks and responsibilities that they're responsible for. And, um, you know, the concept of. Um, delegating uh, authority but not responsibility was kind of second nature. So growing a team was just made sense to me. I actually didn't even understand the real estate industry um, and the way it was practiced where you had like a, a broker that was competing against the independent contractor agents. And I, I just didn't really, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. So I think I was like six months in and hired my first assistant, got a coach and, uh, you know, and just started building a team because it just felt right. So uh, ran that for, you know, we were, we just had a, a run of success. We, we expanded to North Pole, Alaska, um, about 16 miles away from Fairbanks, a little town called, uh, North Pole, which yes, Santa Claus house Santa. is there. Um, <laughs> actually had Santa Claus come. If I show you, got to look this up, go to madrealestate.com and look at the actual photo of the, uh, of the North Pole office. It's literally a log cabin that shares the parking lot of the, uh, of the Santa Claus house. And, and, uh, we actually had Santa at the ribbon cutting ceremony, which was really cool. Um, that's crazy. But, uh, where's yeah. The, where's so, the picture? Do you have to hit play on the ribbon cutting thing? Uh, you know what? Probably. I don't know. Probably. You know what? That's I would, my, I, I'll tell you what. 
Yeah, I got to pull that out of the archives. Probably uh, that was a while ago, but I'll uh, I'll find it and 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 uh, I got to bring that forward on the website because it's just too much of a classic photo there. That's awesome. But uh, so tell us know, what year you started the team, and then what kind of growth did you see, and then how how long until you sold? Why'd you sell? I think that's going to be the point that a lot of people are going to be most interested in you talking on because <laughs> so often sure. teams get a bad rap. People say, "Oh, how are you going to ever sell it?" Like as if the brokers the only brokerages is the only thing you could sell. So I'm really curious how you built it up, how you created value within the team you created so that it was sellable. Right. So um, I started off at a Cobalt Banker. Um, I was there for two years before I get my broker's license, my, you know, and, and uh, actually left. Um, the broker was like, hey, you're doing too much business and, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's clogging up our accounting system. And I said, really? OK, so I went and started my own. <laughs> it was crazy. But that's the thing is a lot of brokerages don't know. I think I think now this was, you know, so, you know, 12 years ago. But, uh, you know, back then, I mean, a lot of your traditional brokers didn't know how to handle these mega teams. And I think, you know, as he, as teams have evolved, I think brokers are, have caught on that. Listen, this isn't going away. We need to be friendly to these um, to these teams and help support them. So um, so I was independent. I actually started my own brokerage and just uh, was an independent um, at the time because, you know, Fairbanks was a very austere environment, as you can imagine. Um, we were not selling igloos. Just want to put that out there. But we did sell a lot of dry cabins. That means no running water. So some of you know, but we, it was a legitimate, it was a military town. So um, that was my thing. Getting out of the military. Um, I had a lot of military contacts, um, you know, had a reputation within that group. So I just focused on the sphere that that I that knew me and really worked them hard for referrals and business. And, you know, that first year, I think first for full year of real estate did 75 transactions next year, 128. What year was that? Wes? Uh, 2006. Okay. So by, you know, by 2009, we were number one in the state uh, of Alaska, you know, hit the top, you know, I think we hit uh, top 25 in the United States via, you know, real trends, wall street journal. How many and, sales were you having? By then, uh, five hundred plus. So we're, we were between five hundred and and six hundred sales. Uh, um, what, what, was the, what was the volume on those units? What's your guys' average sales price? Average sales price would ebb between two forty to two sixty. Pretty range, high, right? Yeah. So it actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. Right. We had no we had no upper end. The only thing with Fairbanks was there was no upper end. It kind of like petered out after four hundred. But uh, yeah. Um, How but many was, agents? Yeah, was, uh, agents well, we would be about eighteen. When someone purchases a real estate brokerage or team, would you say that the number one component is how many agents are loyal to that brand when it gets acquired? Because if you're looking well, yeah. at just how many sales they had, that that's not as you know valuable because that might not happen again if all those agents leave, right? You know, you're exactly you hit the nail on the head. I mean, people matter. People. I mean, you got you know your assets and your business. I believe are people, systems, culture, and and then your you know and, and your database. And and we had um, all four of those things. I felt were really great. We had we had the best agents in the marketplace. But I think the key there, like you hit the nail on the head. If they all walk out the door, your right. business is virtually you know worthless. You know, so right. um, having a strong leadership team, people that are locked in. Um, you know, that can, that can continue the brand even when you're not there. What about the psychology of the people? Um, I know for a lot of agents, they go from rock star team to CEO where they try to step out of production, but they're still in the game. They're doing training and motivation. I feel like it's really challenging and I am included in this list of people. If I were to leave, I think the team would continue, but I think there'd be some people that would probably leave. And I think that's, that's probably one of the bigger challenges for big team leaders is worrying that of their larger agents, the bigger agents that they're influencing wouldn't stick around if that team leader 
were to were to remove themselves. So how were you able to remove yourself in such a way that allowed you to keep your stronger agents? Well, I stepped out of production, you know, probably six years, five, six years prior to the, you know, the, the, the sale. actual sale. Yeah. So it was just committing to really running my business like a business and being the CEO. And, um, and uh, really, I mean, I looked at my job as creating leaders. You know, if I create leaders um, who um, are, you know, they, they know what they need to do. They, they, they share in the vision of the company. They're well-trained and, and well-supported by me on all fronts. You know, they build the business. It's not me mm-hmm. building the business. They're building the business. So mm-hmm. um, I think there was a, you know, uh, I think we had a very strong management and leadership team, and that's what really provided a lot of our success. We had some very key foundational people that had been with me for a long time, and that 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 afforded that in that longevity, that trust that's built there. And I think you know any leader wants to um, build build trust that has people working there um, because it's more like a you know. And I say family, but I mean it, yeah. it, the the culture keeps people um, in the company. I mean it's uh, very rarely is it like a piece of technology or leads or any of that stuff. Right. I mean it's it really comes down to um, you know be somebody that makes people feel like a somebody, right? Yep. And what what year did you sell? You mentioned KW bought you, right? And you were an indie brokerage. So you, your, your brokerage folded into KW. What year was that? And was part of the agreement that you had to stay on board for a certain amount of time? Yeah. So um, what we actually did, and it wasn't KW per se, uh, but we had, you know, when we, you know, my wife and just to back up, I mean, you know, very, I struggled with this decision. Obviously, this was my baby. Um, you know, I had come to the, you know, it, it, it had my namesake on it. I mean, we were very involved in philanthropic uh um, thanks. I mean, you can obviously imagine small town, 35,000 people. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were just ingrained in that, uh, in that community. We were, we were voted, uh, uh, we were awarded the, uh, business of the year by the Alaska state chamber and the local chamber, oh, wow. which is just unheard of for a real estate uh, company. And I'm very proud of that, you know, and our people, but so, so the decision to sell was something that was very hard. My family had some health issues and some, some reasons that we needed to migrate South. Um, my wife being from Texas. So I kept the Texan up there for 16 and a half years. <laughs> that was quite the feat. Um, but uh, so when we came to that, that conclusion that, hey, this is probably something we need to do. How do we do this and navigate this? And um, I uh, one of the best calls I ever made was I, you know, I was being coached by Bob Corcoran at the time, which was a great longtime friend coach. Um, but uh, reached out to Steve Murray at um, Real Trends and just kind of talked through what does this look like, you know, and um, so he helped me prepare evaluation. Um, I had done valuations before I had built my business to be a sellable business. I always had the end in mind. So I was, mm-hmm. I was always thinking, you know, my wife, Laura, she's, she's amazing, but she made no bones about it that we were going to eventually sell and move out of Fairbanks. It was not going to be our <laughs> long time, you know, our, our long time home. So, so looking, did you have looking to at sell, I mean, could you have moved down to Florida, started a team there? Maybe start a team in Texas right by her parents. So when you go visit there, you can take the team, you know, run the team while she's at her parents' house and then keep the team up in Alaska. So why for everyone listening, you know, for me, it's like, why would I sell? Let's say I'm making a net million dollars a year. I'm guessing my valuation is a 5x, but someone probably will only pay me a 3x. So someone writes me a check for 3 million. I'd rather have a money making machine that's printing me a million a year for the next 50 years rather than someone giving me $3 million, unless I had somewhere to put that $3 million, which I don't. Yep. We thought about that. I think I think if I had started the company um, in uh, Austin, Texas, I mean, we, we, we probably would have had a different outcome, you know. But, um, you know, the decision we had made is we, we had built this great company in Fairbanks, Alaska. And, and with that, there's some challenges with Alaska that you, you just don't encounter anywhere else. And, and it really, that company really, it was predicated on strong leadership, 
um, and having somebody be boots on the ground and really run it. And I just felt like with me being absent, um, you know, we had some strong people, but I wasn't confident due to the turnover that you just get in Alaska too. We had to be really great at hiring and, and onboarding people because people leave Alaska every three to four years. I mean, that's just mm. the way of life. And it's not that, not that they don't love the country. You know, we probably kept people there beyond what they wanted to stay because of the great culture. But, um, you know, it was, you had to have somebody there boots on the ground to really run sure. it. That was talented. That, um, and so we actually sold to, um, Ed and Dar Walden, who you may know, um, we, uh, they, they were, Cal they, they, they were, uh, investors in the, uh, Anchorage market center. Um, and they, they knew the team atmosphere, uh, uh Dar and Ed were running a, a successful team down in Anchorage. We did a lot of co, we did a lot of marketing actually together, um, which was funny. So the team and, and already, the team was already familiar with them and their brand and they had a lot of respect for them, which I think probably made the acquisition a lot easier. Right. Because I was I mean, we were looking at and here's the thing is anything was on the table. So we had I had worked through an ESOP. I had an ESOP ready to go, which was just a stock option plan for our employees to have them buy into the company because we did have great. You know, that was one option. The Instead other option of was, selling, just let the agents all buy in and get the same net amount out of them versus selling it to a third party. That's right. I mean, that that last year, in real, that last year that I was running the company, I mean, I think I took 10 weeks of vacation um and you know i mean they were they were leading the company so i felt comfortable at that point in time sure. to either you know do an employee stock option plan or or sell to a third party um run it from afar or you know you you suck the equity out of it and shut the thing down which wasn't right. an option for me so right um so real quick Go ahead. Everyone's going to want to know this. I want to make sure it gets asked. We have about 10 more minutes. Um, you had that call with Steve Murray, which for anyone that doesn't know, he runs Real Trends. He's the CEO of Real Trends, and they put out the Wall Street Journal's top 1,000 every year. Steve works and started his career, my understanding is, as a consultant to big brokerage shops uh, that wanted to sell to help them determine their valuation. I've had a few calls with him. He's a genius. Um, I'm just curious, for anyone listening that has a team that maybe gets to the point where they are the CEO model, that has the right leadership, the right people in play, where they could sell it, either to their leadership team, to their agents, and or to a third party, what do you think is a fair way to, eval to evaluate the company? I had mentioned a 5X off net. That's kind of one that you hear thrown around a lot. Is that fair for a real estate team to do a 5X off net, or do you think a team's more a 2 or 3X off of net? Well, I think it depends on it depends on several factors. The, the 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 biggest factors are is your is your profitability. Okay, so get a formal valuation and actually have somebody. If you're not, you know, your financials are extremely important. You need to show a history of solid financials, and, and we had that. You know, so your EBITDA needs to show that the, the thing has consistent revenue. You know, you're hitting consistent revenue goals. And for those of you that aren't running your business with a with a very detailed profit and loss statement, and you know how to read a balance sheet, you need to learn how to you need to learn how to analyze those things if you're going to sell your business. Okay, so um, you got to take out all the yah yah, right? And you got to run that business like a business so that you can show. Um, you know, well, and I think I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the biggest challenge is a lot of these rainmaker teams think that they're profitable, but if you would eliminate the rainmaker's production, the company's usually in the red. Bingo. So. It, yeah, we, if you extract that rainmaker out of there, and you know, and it, and you're you're putting a dent in the profitability margin, then it's it's really you're being a, you're being an operator, not an owner. So yep. you got to make that choice. Um, but to prepare for selling, you know, that 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 multiplier really, I think that therein lies the the, the geographical location, the the market share, um, the people, the you know, the systems you have in play. We had a whole Salesforce backend system mm -hmm. that we had built up. We had a database of seventy five thousand people. 
all that adds to the multiplier, um, those strategic alliances that you have. Do you have a property? You have a property management company that's totally offsetting the operations of the real estate company. All yep. that stuff matters. Yeah, so, title company, insurance company, yep. marketing service agreements. The list goes on and on. So awesome. That's so you right. sold. Let's let's yep. spend the rest of our time talking about. Okay, so you sold. You your wife pulled you to Florida. You guys live there happily now. What are you doing? Down here, uh, so uh, got, I partnered up with uh, two guys that I've known for a long time, Blake Marar and, and Chris Abbott. They had a, uh, a brokerage, a uh, Sotheby's International Realty brokerage down here in, um, uh, on, in northwest Florida on a little mm-hmm. special place called the Emerald Coast. And um, Scenic Sotheby's International Realty, great agents. I came down here for a three-day trip, looked at, uh, kind of analyzed everything and looked at the market. Um, and it was an amazing opportunity to grow. I, I love I love leverage growth and growing companies and building things. And and so they were uh, uh, gracious enough to give me a, a great opportunity to partner with them. And so I'm, I'm I'm running the traditional brokerage model here, but with a very collaborative culture. Um, lots of value to our to our agents. Our agents are you know they're, they're extremely well supported here in the marketplace, and really kind of was able to uh, apply a lot of the team aspects to a traditional brokerage model. And it's been we're outpacing the market four to one, and and um, and we're going to hit a billion dollars in sales next year. So we're pretty Holy excited. Holy cow! About that. That's incredible. How many agents? We got well, we've got uh, fifty nine total agents. That includes buyer agents on teams. You know, so average we'll a sales billion price, with sixty yeah. agents. That's yeah, amazing, guys. Price, well, I ran the number. I ran the number. So we're averaging about 15 million. Um, our average agent production is about 15 million. And, and that puts us uh, in the top four of all Sotheby's affiliates. Uh, What's your average sales there. price there? 1.34 million. Oh, it's that high. I'm surprised. Yeah, so it's like a luxury Dang, right? area. That's, That's high right, for yeah. Florida. I know well, the crash Florida was like 120,000, $130,000 houses, I thought. But you you must be in like a high end area. Des, you said you're real real close to Destin on the northwest yep. of the Panhandle of Florida. Yeah, really from De- yeah really from Destin to Panama City Beach. Right in the middle there's a stretch called 30A. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, if you want to know more about it, I'm telling you right now, your clients and those of you that are listening, your clients are visiting and buying down here. You just don't know it. So I do have a uh, hmm. uh, a, a local area guide. If you think this is something you want to talk to your clients about, and you want to send a a, a big referral. Uh, down to us and, and we'll gladly pay. Please look at that. Cool. Uh, you use this guide and share it with your clients. So are a lot of these properties, what percentage would you say are people relocating and what percentage are people buying like their second house that they travel to in the winter? Great question. So when I got down here uh, last February, um, it was about, if I, I pulled the agents, and it was about 20% of our buyers were actually um, you know full-time residents, like looking to make this home. That has now shifted to about 50%. Um, due to the um, you know the two new tax code, uh, Florida is very favorable. Other states are not. Um, high net worth people are are you know are relocating down here and making you know and they're saying why 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 am I dealing with the traffic in Atlanta when I can just live on the beach and telecommute or you know so um, yeah. yeah so we're seeing a lot more of that which is great. Cool, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, Crazy. well Johnson, what else do we want to extract out of this? Obviously, Wes has a ton of great experience. We have five mm-hmm. minutes. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, well, I can so the, I tell you what. When you asked a question there, Jeff, and I didn't answer it, but did I have to stay on board and and run the run the company? Mm-hmm. And so all of the, and just so you know, when so I vetted a lot of buyers. There were a lot of people that were interested when we put the when we put the the company on, on the market. 
And by on the market, I mean, you know, your people, this is something you need to do. And for all those team leaders out there, you know, you want to you want to work through these things without telling your people. I mean, you know, because and it's not that that was a hard thing for me to handle because my people were like family to me. And I just it was really hard. But as Steve Murray told you, he said, the moment that the moment that you tell your people, you just give you give all the leverage to them and and they're going to dictate the the outcome. So and it's really a sociology experiment when you tell them Mm -hmm. that. Hey, we're we're transitioning here, so you really got to put a lot of get the plan in place and then let them know, okay, and do and do what's right for the company. So, did but, you have um, a phase out? Yeah. So, all the offers that we got, every everybody that was interested, a lot of them said they really wanted me to run the business. And so, the the the, <laughs> the tough thing with me was I needed a buyer that was okay with me moving with my family um, last year. So, and that's where the Ed and Dar thing really made sense. And that was a, that was a huge value piece for me because they were okay with me. Um, I was going to retain CEO, um, duties that first year. Um, so I was still doing marketing activities. I was leading the, the meetings, um, trainings, doing all that stuff, telecommuting from here. I and mean, you could do that with technology. Um, and then Ed took over as C, uh, CEO duties, April this year. And I have a once a week, uh, uh, coaching call with him. We address all company issues. We've got a great battle rhythm going with, uh, uh, you know, helping each other out and, and, you know, making that partnership work. And um, it's working, it's working really well. And, and in fact, I got, I got one of my, one of my agents is coming down here Saturday uh, to see me. I'm really excited to see him. We're still, and I'm going up there in September, you know, cool. so we're still very much engaged. Cool. That's awesome. I know a lot of people out there probably, have a kind of that goal that in their minds of eventually one day, maybe they'll sell off. Most business minded people are think, think about how to build something big and then sell it. Um, for me personally, I've built a lot of businesses that run in parallel to my real estate company. So I have a title business, a call center, an insurance company, a lot of these different moving pieces. So I don't see, I don't know that I'll ever sell my team. I don't know that there will be a need, but I love learning more about it. And I know for some that, things happen. You talked about health, you talked about your wife wanting to be in a different location. I think having a team that's poised to be able to sell it should be a goal of all of ours. So my hat goes off to you, Wes, you've done an awesome job with that. And I think you're probably one of the few that have been able to successfully exit a team and been able to have a positive sale. So nice job. Thanks, buddy. Yep. There's actually, speaking of that, there's, uh, I think there's one other gentleman we had on the show and I don't know, Jeff, if you actually were able to join us for this episode, but Jack Cotton is up in the Northeast. I think I want to say the Boston area. So guys, if you want more detail on this, uh, I think he's the only other guy we've interviewed on the show that's successfully sold, exited, and, and like Wes, retained some management duties for, I think, a year or two uh, and successfully exited that. And like everything is ran really smoothly. So that's another episode. If you guys are looking for more information on that, go check that out. You can go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, get all the back episodes of the podcast, or you can go to iTunes and Stitcher and all that good stuff. But yep. Wes, how do people uh, reach you guys? And uh, we talked a little bit about where where they can keep in mind for, for referrals, which is the kind of the dust in that whole area. Uh, what's the best way to, to connect with your team if they do have a referral for that area? Yeah, they want to go to, uh, I mean, they can either call me, you know, uh, on my cell, 907-347-4981. Yes, I kept the Alaska number because it's awesome. Uh, or they can go to uh, west.scenicsur.com. I think we got the, the website on there. And, um, yep. you know, or you can email me at, at west.scenicsur.com. We can share all that and, and please reach out. And, yeah, we love referrals down here. So, 
If you got questions on anything we talked about, I'd love to share anything, any of the, the you know, stuff that we weren't able to get into. Love to share my experiences with anybody that's Yeah, I know. We, we literally scratched the surface. I mean, Wes, yeah. you and I were just talking. In the 10 minutes that we had before we started recording, um, I mean, there was so much stuff that we could have, many directions that we could have gone and stuff that we, we just really didn't have time to get into that I'd love to. So, yeah, well, let's let's get you back on the books for three or four months out from now yep. uh, when we have some more openings. And let's go deeper into what you're doing because you're you're with Sotheby's. You're providing graphic design and marketing to your agents. Uh, one thing that caught my eye is that you're not doing what what Jeff is doing, which is recruiting agents that are under two or three years in the business. You're going after experienced people. So a little bit different model. I want to talk about all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, we need to get you back on the show. Sounds all right. Good. With awesome. that said, Jeff, anything else you want to leave with people before we Closing uh, thoughts, if you, if you enjoyed this podcast episode or any in the past, please give a shout out to Wes and our past podcast guests on the iTunes review. A lot of people are having trouble finding it. If you guys are going to go in and review any of the podcasts on iTunes, just scroll down. Uh, when you go into, the, you know, find our podcast, just scroll down. You'll find the reviews for whatever reason. They put them like at the bottom of the page when you scroll all the way to the bottom give us five stars give a little shout out i think we're up to 60 reviews our goal is to hit 100 before the end of the year so wes you can go review yourself let everyone know how great of an interview you had um and the value <laughs> I'm you my got own out worst of this. critic i don't know that's probably not a good idea <laughs> right um i was thinking though i don't know if you guys have ever listened to jocko willink extreme ownership he's an ex-navy yeah. seal his podcasts yeah. are like three hours long and i think it'd be awesome with, a, with someone like wes who has so much to talk about I could have spent an hour just talking about his tour to Afghanistan, his experience flying Blackhawks. Like, I want to know all about that. So Matt, Matt and I are going to have a strategic call this week. Um, there may be some changes coming down the pipeline, but we may have certain guests who we choose to go like crazy deep and spend an hour establishing their identity and then an hour diving into the business aspect. So maybe we will do that on our next call, Wes. I'd love to learn more about your life experiences. You, you've led and continue to live a really awesome life. A lot of people admire you for that. So keep doing what you're doing. Cool. My pleasure, man. Looking forward to it. Awesome. awesome, guys. Well, we appreciate it. Everybody that's watching and listening, we appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Team Building Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah.